We have so many products and services competing for our limited time and energy and budget right now. So I think the ones that are really going to succeed in 2023 are the ones that communicate why somebody needs this right now, why this is a priority to spend our time, our energy or our budget on right now. Welcome to Imperfect Action. I'm Steph Taylor. For years, I read all the books, downloaded all the freebies and did all the courses. But it wasn't until I started taking Imperfect Action that my business had its first million dollar year. Imperfect Action is about doing things before you're ready, prioritizing consistent action over perfect action, and moving forward, even when you're not sure you're doing it right. On this show, you can expect mindset advice, actionable marketing tips, and strategies to build a business that brings you more profit, more freedom, and even more joy. Are you on the list to get my daily biz boosters? Every day, I'll send you a bite-sized prompt designed to help you grow your business in a more intentional way. Sign up at stephtaylor.co forward slash DBB or at the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome back to Imperfect Action. This is episode 594. Today, I'm reviewing the predictions I made for 2022 to see how far off the mark I was. And I'm sharing a couple of things that I predict we're going to see in the online space in 2023. So first up, let's review what I predicted for 2022. The very first prediction I made was that people would be less willing to invest money in coaching services, courses, etc., given the economic uncertainty and all of the recession talk. And I think this one was yes and no. Like, yes, I predicted right uh, because people aren't spending frivolously like they were two years ago, but they're still spending on the things that they prioritize. So I like personally, I haven't noticed a large drop in sales and I know many other business owners who haven't, but I also do know some who have. So I think, yes, it's a bit of both. Um, yes, there has been a drop, but also maybe not across the board. My second prediction for 2022 was that we are reaching content saturation, peak content saturation, which means you need to be really picky about what content you're sharing. And yes, I was spot on with this one, especially with all of the short form content that we have at the moment. Like we have so many reels and TikToks and YouTube shorts. And the content that is going deeper and giving a unique perspective or some kind of fresh insight is relatively rare. And we have so much, like, it's so easy to just create content for the sake of content, especially now that there are all these incredible AI tools that can literally write an entire blog post for you. And you wouldn't even know that it wasn't written by a human. And that's where I think the advantage of being able to create content that is sharing that unique insight or perspective that an AI machine can't go and copy and can't go and create, that's where you are really at an advantage. And I think that's something we're still going to see going forward. It's not just 2022 unique. The third uh, third prediction that I made for 2022 was that rising ad costs would mean you'd need to place a bigger focus on your lifetime customer value rather than what you're just getting from the one transaction. And yes, this one was absolutely spot on. And, you know, like this was something that we had to implement in this business as well, looking at like, how can we 
Like, what else can we sell to our very engaged students who've been through all of the different courses and they still want to keep buying? Because it's so much easier to keep delivering epic value and keep re-engaging existing customers than it is to try and get in front of new ones, especially with all of the noise that's out there today. And, you know, this is something that I really started teaching how to design that office suite that takes your clients on a journey where you can increase that lifetime value, both for yourself, like in your business, and the lifetime value that you are delivering to them. And I teach that inside Offer Less, Sell More, which you'll find a link for that in the show notes, or you can head on over to stephtaylor.co slash offers, where you can learn how to design that offer suite to really make more consistent sales without constantly having to get new clients in through the door. The fourth prediction that I made for 2022 was that your email list will be more important than ever. And yep, this one was spot on. Most of my revenue comes from my email list. I have seen this also with my students. I've seen this with my friends in business. For most of us, our revenue is coming from our email list. It's not coming from social media. It's not coming from anywhere else. It's coming from those people who read the emails and then they buy from there. And then my final prediction was those who haven't niched down are going to need to niche or die this year. It's getting too expensive and too difficult to market to the masses. Yes, this one was correct. Um, I think it was already at the start of last year, it was already pretty expensive and pretty difficult to market to the masses uh, unless you have an ad budget like Spotify or Apple. You know, like unless you have millions or billions of dollars to spend on marketing, it's very difficult to reach that mass audience. But when you niche down, it becomes a lot cheaper to get a yes from the right people. Now, all of these predictions, I think, still stand true for 2023, although I do wonder a little bit if there's less fear and less uncertainty around the economy right now than there was at the start of 2022. I don't know if this is something, if it's like a personal shift inside me, certainly 12 months ago, I was feeling a little bit of doom and gloom almost like, you know, everyone else around me is talking about the recession and then, you know, freaking out a little bit internally. And now I don't feel that fear. So I wonder if maybe that's me projecting my lack of fear and uncertainty now, or I wonder if it is actually that people are feeling less fear and uncertainty. I'm really curious about this um, if you're in my community, pop in there and let me know Like, if you're feeling less fear and uncertainty around the economy than you were uh, 12 months ago. If you're in my free community, pop in there and let me know. Comment on one of the posts in there and tell me. If you're not in the free community, you can join it at stephtaylor.co slash community. Uh, but yes, I'm really curious to hear what you are all experiencing around that. Okay, so predictions for 2023. Now, I do want a disclaimer and say all of these are my opinion. Do not go and put it all on black based on what I tell you in this episode, okay? not a, They're not facts unless I say that they are facts. These are all my opinion. Um, so I could be wrong. Um, I could be right, but I could also be wrong. So prediction number one, I think we are going to see a decline in the amount of time that people spend on Instagram. Now, we have seen over the last couple of quarters, we've seen Meta's revenue declining. Meta owns Instagram and Facebook. Um, they previously used to be called Facebook. They rebranded to Meta. I don't know why. Um, we've seen that drop in their ad revenue, and I suspect that we are going to start seeing 
people spend less and less time on Instagram. We've seen a lot more negative sentiment towards Instagram as they've been pushing reels a lot more. And people, you know, even Kylie Jenner was like, I just want to see photos of my friends. Um, so as they, as they try to copy TikTok and they roll out all of these features that people don't like, I think that we're going to see more of a negative sentiment towards Instagram. And I think we're going to see people spending less time on there and potentially even less time on social media in general. I don't know if this is a platform specific thing. I think there's actually a bit more of a negative feeling towards social media in general. Now, there is this beautiful diagram that I saw at somebody's conference presentation earlier this year that illustrates the attract-extract relationship. Now, if you Google attract-extract relationship diagram, you'll probably get this diagram, but let me try and describe it to you. It's really hard on a podcast. So when a platform like Instagram is brand new, their focus is on attracting as many users as possible. They've got to get people to come and use the platform. Because, you know, with something like Instagram, the platform is only as good as the number of people who are using it and the people you are following. And if you don't have people worth following, well, you're not going to have a good time on there. So they don't show as many ads because they want it to be a great experience. The algorithm is generous. You're seeing all of the posts that the people you are following are sharing. And over time, as more and more users start adopting the new platform, they start to extract value from the users. The platform starts to add ads. They start shifting the algorithm. We've seen this play out with Facebook. We saw this happen, you know, like a couple of years ago. We're seeing it play out with Instagram. We've seen so many algorithm changes over the last few years. And each time it feels like our content, especially as business owners, it feels like our content gets shown to fewer and fewer people. And even with TikTok now, like it's nowhere near as easy as it was to reach new people a few years ago. Okay. If you have spent the last few years building up your Instagram following or if all of your marketing relies on Instagram, now would be a very good time to stop putting all of your eggs into the Instagram basket and instead start moving your audience onto a platform that you own, like your email list. Okay, that is just a potential warning there from me. Prediction number two is that I think Web3 is going to hit majority adoption. So if you're familiar with the adoption curve, you know, first come the innovators. They're the first people to start using a new technology. Then we have the early adopters. Then we have the early majority. And then we have the late majority. And then we have the laggards who are like, you know, people in their 80s who are just starting to use Facebook now. So now if you go back to episode 525, which there'll be a link to this in the show notes, it's called A Primer on Web3 and Why It's About to Totally Flip How We Market Our Businesses. In that episode, I gave a full deep dive on how I think Web3 is going to shift the online world. And really, a lot is happening very quickly in that space. A lot of big companies are investing big, big money into it. And even since I recorded that episode just a couple of months ago, we're starting to see some really promising contenders in the decentralized social media space. Social media that is not owned by corporations like Meta, but rather owned by the users. And it's a potential solution actually to the attract-extract um, relationship that I talked about just before, uh, because when it's not owned by a corporation, they're not putting their shareholders first, they are putting their users first. And now it's a little bit overwhelming to get your head around Web3 at first and how it all works, 
But as adoption increases, all of the concepts and the terms are going to become less technical, less jargony, and it will become a lot more accessible for the masses to the point where I don't even think, I think a lot of people will be using Web3 in the coming years without even knowing that they are using Web3. Just like how we use Instagram and Facebook and TikTok without referring to it as Web2. It's just the internet. And I think that's what's going to happen with Web3. Okay. The third prediction I have is that smaller communities will become more important than large audiences. We've already started to see some bigger influencers moving away from having their audience on Instagram or on TikTok and instead starting to build communities on platforms like Telegram or Discord where they can communicate with their audience and not be at the whim of algorithms. I recorded an episode about this a few months ago. If you go back to episode 552, link in the show notes, and it's called Are Communities the New Social Media? I think people are starting to realize that a small, super engaged audience who actually sees our content is much more valuable than a huge audience of which maybe like 2% of them see what we are sharing. Now, if you don't want to manage a community, that doesn't necessarily mean starting a Facebook group or something like that, right? A Facebook group is still at the whim of Facebook's algorithms, but it might mean that your community is your email list. It doesn't have to be what we think a community has to look like where everyone can comment and interact, but like that can be valuable too, but a community doesn't have to be you know, what we know a community to be as in a Facebook group. Um, I've had mine in Telegram now for a few months and I really enjoy it. It's predominantly me, you know, posting messages out to my community, but there is that ability for community members to comment and engage. And they do talk to each other in there occasionally, which is also really nice. Okay. Prediction number four. It is going to be harder to sell than it has been, but the businesses that are good at selling will grow. So what do I actually mean by that? Now, I do want to point out there is a difference between marketing and sales. And a lot of people kind of get them confused and they refer to it as promoting their product. They think that promoting their product leads to a sale. They don't realize that marketing gets their business and their products in front of new people. And then their sales process is what actually sells. So if you don't have those foundations in place, you're going to struggle to sell your offers no matter how much marketing you do. But if you do have them in place, then you will stand out and you will find it easier to sell than your competitors do. Okay. And if we think about it, it's really quite simple, right? There's four key ingredients to make a sale. It needs to be the right offer delivered to the right people with the right messaging at the right time. And if any one of these four things is missing, the sale will not happen. No matter how excited people are, how much hype there is, how much buzz there is, how many followers you have and all of the marketing that you've done and the right language that you've used in your marketing. If one of those four ingredients is missing, the offer, the people, the messaging or the time, the sale won't happen. The right messaging especially. We have so many products and services competing for our limited time and energy and budget right now. So I think the ones that are really going to succeed in 2023 are the ones that communicate why somebody needs this right now, why this is a priority to spend our time, our energy, or our budget on right now. So there you have it. I look forward to recapping this in 12 months' time and seeing how my predictions played out. Uh, here are my four predictions 
You miss them. We're going to see a decline in the time people spend on Instagram. Web3 is going to hit majority adoption. Smaller communities will become more important than large audiences, and it's going to be harder to sell than it has been, but the businesses that are good at it will grow. Those are my predictions. I stand by them. They are my opinion. They are not not based on anything other than trends that I have noticed, and I hope that I am right, actually. We'll see how we go with all of these. Um, stay posted. I'll let you know in 12 months time. Make sure you hit the subscribe button or the, the follow or the plus in whichever podcast app you are in. You'll just get brand new episodes straight to your podcast app every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If the reason you haven't subscribed is because you don't like automatic downloads in Apple, you can actually hit the plus button. And then when it turns into a tick, press it again and you can go turn off automatic downloads. So that way you get the new episodes without it automatically downloading to your phone. Uh, pro tip, because I know that's what's ho- what stopped a lot of people from subscribing in the past. If you have any friends who you think would be interested in this episode, hit the share button, send it over to them. It's how I get to help more people. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.